0: yo what's good youtube welcome back to another episode of the shooter straight podcast i'm your co-host zach i'm your co-host g welcome back to episode 32 first and foremost we wanted to thank everyone for all the previous support we've been getting on every other previous episode the youtube shorts the reels the TikTok, the instagram everything and we'd also like to thank our special guest we had on last episode adam and if you haven't checked out that episode check it out and then come back to this one because this one we're going to be getting into some really hot topics such as the knockout stage prediction that we've been talking about for so many episodes here, but before we get into that, G, any words you'd like to say?
1: No, absolutely. We appreciate everything, man. And, you know, we want your guys' engagement. We got all the tags to all our social medias in the description below. Just go down there, find us anywhere, DM us, anything, comment all our things. We want to hear from you guys. We want to have that engagement. And we got want to hear back from y'all. And while you're down there, hit that subscribe button. It's free. Hit the like button as well. And, I mean, that's all, that's all I got for that.
0: Yeah, we're at 355 subscribers right now we appreciate the continued support we've been getting on that front and you know we're currently on the road to 1000 so hit that subscribe button like g said because why not it's free helps us out
1: free,
0: come on come on you know what i mean like there ain't no reason not to you know especially if you like some of these takes that we're going to be giving out today and, and you know some of these uh predictions we're going to be giving but without further ado let's go ahead and get into that let's get uh, right into you, it you know obviously the world cup is is it's been in full swing but now we are entering the meat and potatoes but the group stage is officially over and you know for what it was it was a great group stage i would say you know before we get into some of our flops and surprises and you know big players that have surprised us overall i would just like to say that i think this was a, a fabulous group stage it was uh, a world cup so far that you can't really predict you know there's been upsets everywhere and uh, some breakout players and breakout managers and some players that have really put themselves on the map you know and gee before we get into uh what we think about the group stage you know any, any words you, you would like to say about it
1: yeah, uh, I think uh, with all with what's happening in football, it's been really hard to kind of predict like where things are going to go, just because uh, a lot of the favorites are not playing like favorites, like teams that have pedigree in this in this competition. You don't see that really, you know. Other the entire world is starting to catch up, and it's really noticeable. And you know, like these guys, because you have to think about some of these teams that we've never really fancied against. You know, maybe the upper echelon they've been playing in the same country in the same leagues forever so they kind of have a more of a chemistry than some of the other like uh big teams as in you know we're going to get into it like germany and such who have you know spectacular players but not every single one they're kind of spread out everywhere so it could be a little difficult to translate that chemistry but you know i think i think it was a great group stage i mean a couple a couple nil nils but that's happened in every single every single competition but i think it's been good fun, and you know, I'm I'm really
0: excited for the round of 16. Yeah, I mean, I, I who isn't, you know, well, unless your <laughs> team, unless your team was knocked
1: out, you know, unless you're but, Italy or some shit, you know. Yeah, then you, you are not it
0: at all. But you know, for the most part, I think I can agree with what you were saying. You know, that maybe there was a a little bit too many uh, nil nils, you know, for the you know the average viewer. But yeah, some of the, the nil nils were pretty entertaining. At the same time, it was just I think we've been seeing solid defense, and I think. The fact that this world cup was played or is being played in the in the winter compared to the summer in the middle of the season i think that it's having an effect i don't really know exactly what that effect is per se if in a good or bad way because this is the it's there's no sample size for this this is the first time it's ever happened but i think it, it is playing an impact in some ways and i think we're seeing like you said the chemistry coming in and i but i also think that now that three games have been played for every team that's made it this far you know, we're going to see the best of the best from here on in. And I think that's why we love the knockout round. We always do. And I think this is why some of the best football of the whole tournament is going to be played now.
1: Absolutely. I would have to agree.
0: But uh, in our group stage recap, I think the first thing we would like to hit on is, is the flops of the tournament. And, you know, in every big tournament, whether it's the Champions League or the World Cup, whatever, there's always going to be teams that flop players that don't perform as well as we expect. And this tournament was no different. And I'll, I'll give this one to you first as I'm introducing it. What was your, or who was your flop of the tournament so far?
1: This one for me came down to two teams. It came down to a team that I really like, felt that could go pretty far in this competition was Uruguay. I mean, they really shocked me to, even today because I, I expected them to possibly even win the group. Even before on here, I said I was dicey about choosing Portugal to go first, even though they ended up doing it. I always thought Uruguay is a tough-nosed team. They play well, good defense, and they always seem to be somewhat, uh, you know, good on good in attacking. But this tournament, they've been dreadful. It took them three games to score one goal, and you know. But um, the other team that edged them out was, for me, Germany. Germany have been just an absolute shambles. It's it's a disaster what's going on in Germany right now in regards to foot in the football, like two back-to-back world cups where they've, they they haven't made out of the group it's after you know coming off a world cup win it's i it's head scratching i don't quite understand what's going on i think they're they're right now a bit in a transition stage they still have a lot of aging players and they have a lot of young players because you read off the roster they have a very very good roster i mean looking into it going before into the world cup you know the betting odds got released and i saw them way low and it's like you know if I was a betting man this this might be a, a little a little bit of a sleeper team but after this I was like oh my god I don't I don't get how because you, you see players like a uh, Joshua Kimmich you see a uh, uh, Goretzka you still have Manuel Neuer you I mean you have Leroy Sané you have Serge Gnabry these are great players and I don't understand what's really not clicking exactly because I mean when I I think Joshua Kimmich is one of the best midfielders in the world and he's just kind of been he hasn't been there yeah I, I i couldn't notice him playing at all and his entire team has just looked uncharacteristic uncharacteristics of the germany teams that we've known before so to me with going out of the group stage of the last world cup and then going out again in this one they they easily are the biggest disappointments of this entire world cup because you know i fancied them to at least make it out the at least not the group but i mean the, there's only so far your pedigree can take you in i mean it's shown in their group
0: 100 you know obviously uh i have germany on my list of flops as well i, f- I figured that uh, you know between yeah. between one uh both of us you know we were going to get germany out of here but uh another team i would like to you know and you also pointed out uruguay who also were on my list of flops you know they have uh and i was with you coming into the tournament I expected Uruguay to finish second in the group, just as you did. But I thought, you know, just like you did, that they were going to be able to contend for first place potentially. I thought it was going to come down to that Uruguay versus Portugal match. Whoever got a result there was going to win the group, and I thought it was going to be very dicey, very close. But in all three games, uh, you know, Uruguay they just didn't prove they couldn't. That-
1: they couldn't score realistically. Uh, they, I mean, they, well, they, the they, biggest problem they couldn't score. They,
0: they they and it's not even just that they they were they just they didn't have control of games. You know, and you would think with some of these you know world-class players that they have you know they still have Darwin Nunez, you know as a striker and, they still and he a- was
1: projected to have a big tournament and God
0: I was. mean I, th-
1: I think in this in total tournament he had, he only had five shots and in, he, yeah, in the entire no tournament goals. no, no goals. goals I mean um Utica's main problem came down to their best player being Fede Valverde I mean there's only so much a a midfielder can do for you I mean if you look through most of the games they played their best chances created came from Fede Valverde I mean their best chances to score other than the last game against Ghana was Fede Valverde. I mean, he was miles ahead, the best player, but realis- realistically, that's, that's not going to a midfielder being your best player. Isn't going to be enough to take you out of your group, but, I mean, we've, yeah. we've seen it, Yeah. With like maybe strikers. I like love Wendowski. Like maybe they can somewhat squeeze you by, but with how aging this team is, I mean, Kavani's basically like 60, man, like, uh, and Suarez, I, Dude, he he looks like a bus he just doesn't really move no more and that's what i was going to say i think that
0: obviously darwin is still a good player don't get me wrong you know just because he didn't have a tournament you know that doesn't really mean anything going forward in his career but the problem with uruguay is that they just weren't creating the chances they didn't really give them service and that's something you've seen you know with, with poland for example they didn't give Lewandowski the service but even when Uruguay did get the ball up the field, you're pretty much just hoping Darwin can do something. And Darwin's not the type of player to take you on and drive and be able to smoke, you know, three, four players. He's not messy. And, and you know, we saw it a little bit today against Ghana. You know, this was probably the best I've seen Suarez play in two years. I don't know. He t- like he, in, a, in a way, he turned back the clock, you know, and he was creating some chances, and he played quite well today against Ghana. But in the previous two games, he first of all, he got dropped the uh, for the the second game. But the first mm-hmm. game he played, He was just non-existent he got got hooked you know pretty much in I think in the 60th minute because he was having an absolute disaster class because he's washed And the same thing you could say with kovani he's washed so they you know you get the ball up there they're just going to lose the ball they can't score they can't create enough chances their winger their uh, their play you know from the wide was just not there you know they were playing darwin nunes of the wing and yeah and then then they transformed into a 3-5-2 and that didn't quite work because they still couldn't get them to service and ultimately the only competent winger that they had probably was fede valverde but he, but they can't play him on the wing because they need him in the center you
1: know, you play in yeah, he's good.
0: And so you can't play Fede Valverde everywhere he can't play the wing defense striker you're like asking this guy to do it all and he just mm-hmm. can't do that he's not that you know no one can do that not even Messi. no one Ronaldo. could do yeah, no one nobody could do can do what uruguay was asking fede valverde to do and that ultimately led to their demise they just did not have the quality and then ultimately you know their defense was supposed to be the the, the main part of this team but they just couldn't stop them enough you know obviously when you can't score at all you pretty much have to be flawless and there were just a few mistakes here and there that ultimately led to their demise but also you know so that's obviously uruguay they flopped Mm -hmm. and it just i thought that they were going to be you know going into the round of 16 playing brazil right now and they would have been giving brazil a run for their money but obviously i I thought so as well but uh... obviously that just was not the case and oh, i think you,
1: you, you had a uh, you had another another team there right out oh, after you finish this point but i think you. Hey, you, you know, were... for sure. so before
0: yeah. i get into another team uh, i would just like to say i agree with your germany points you know looking at this germany squad it's kind of mind-boggling to a certain extent how they weren't able to do more you know considering the fact that all they had to do was get a, a result against japan and then beat costa rica which they were able to do pretty much it just came down to getting a result against japan and obviously we're going to talk about japan in a little bit mm-hmm. here they surprised a lot of people, but this is no disrespect to them, but you would expect on paper Germany to be able to take care of business and at least get a draw. But ultimately that just isn't, you know, what happened. You know, they were able to get the draw against Spain, you know, which is probably what you wouldn't have expected, Mm -hmm. but you, you expect them to be able to get a better result against Japan. And if they were able to do that, they would have been going through right now. Their problem, I think, you know, for me was obviously they still have a solid midfield and they still have a very solid defense, even though it's not quite as strong as it's been in the past. Mm -hmm. The defense is still solid, but ultimately, they just don't have that number nine right now. You know, Thomas Muller is great, but they're playing Thomas Muller as a a pure number nine.
1: No, Muller is about as old as Suarez, I mean, it's kind of the same thing
0: as playing Suarez up front, man. Well, I I, I mean, Muller, he still contributes to Bayern Munich, so he's not quite at that Suarez level, (sighs) but... I think he's a bit
1: washed. Nah, he's not washed, Suarez is washed.
0: washed. Muller contributes and he's still able to get assists and he can still contribute. But the problem is they're playing him as a lone number nine. And Thomas Muller, come on, at, at, at this age, first of all, for Bayern he doesn't even play like that. He, he's more of an attacking midfielder. So you're playing, you're basically playing an attacking midfielder at striker, hoping that he's going to be your talisman and bag the goals. And that just wasn't going to work. They just didn't quite have enough oomph going forward, you know. And you would expect, you know, given the dynamic wingers, they would have been able to do better, but they just didn't. And then you know, Hansi Flick, I rated him very highly you know he won uh, titles with bayern munich he won a champions league and i I thought you know him going in to be the germany manager was going to be able to change things but he just made some head scratching decisions you know you're you're over here joshua Kimmich, i think is the best midfielder on that team one of the best midfielders in the world and they they played him at right back for this final game
1: yeah i Uh, feel like like at that point they were kind of just experimenting because it kind of wasn't working before i mean but it's kind of he was grasping grassing for straws at that point point. and obviously but, they were able to get yeah. the
0: win but it's Costa Rica you know at the end of the day so you know with Germany you know it's not crazy that they went out in the group but obviously given the fact that it's Germany and their pedigree and the names that they have you would ex- still expect them to be able to go through it some way you know even if it's just second place so mm-hmm. obviously that's a flop but my you know since since you of you uh harped on Germany and Belgium I'm just gonna go ahead and say my overall flop and you probably can expect this it's got to be Belgium you know yeah, you
1: you messed up a little bit you said uh, I harped on Germany and Belgium Belgium Uruguay, but yeah 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 no uh,
0: Belgium. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize I said that but yeah <laughs> my my flop of the tournament has to be Belgium because you said you know Germany Uruguay Belgium although for me coming into the tournament we didn't expect them to be as good as they were in 2018 maybe not even 2014 they were a little bit past their prime you know for this golden generation we still expected them to be able to get out of this group, and we still expected them to play better than what they did. And obviously, they had a lot of controversy. You know, they were mid mid group stage when they still had a chance. They're over here saying, you know, and, uh, that they're too old and they can't do it, and they're having locker room disputes. There was a lot of weird things coming out of this Belgium camp that obviously you could kind of get the feeling they weren't going to make it out at that point. But coming into the tournament, on paper, they still have quality players. They still had Romelu Lukaku, who was kind of. You know unfit and obviously you know we saw what happened in this final game <laughs> jesus that was one of the worst performances oh i've my ever god seen. So on paper he's quality and then you still have kevin de bruyne you still have uh quality player, tibor courtois you still have yan vertongen at, at the back and you still have your know, dorgan hazard you still have his brother uh eden who you know he's lost <laughs> the but...
1: Dorgan before
0: eden well, but you know like, that's, that's just is, how it is That's how at this good. point that's what it is for him you know that's yeah, just, jesus uh, man i don't yeah But you know, they're not quite what they were in the past. They have an aging squad in general, but you still expect them to be able to do better than what they did. You know, they just needed to get a point against Morocco. They needed to take points off Morocco and they would have been going through and they weren't able to do that. And obviously Morocco impressed a lot of people, but on paper, this Belgium team should have been done. They should have been doing better. They had a proven coach in Roberto Martinez. They had Thierry as assistant coach. And he said that this Belgium squad was gonna be able to do something. You know, he said it multiple times. Obviously that wasn't the case. You know i expected them to do better and i expected them to be better defensively than what they were and part of that was because i think they have the best goalkeeper in the world or one of it if they're not the best you know with Thibaut courtois i picked him to win the golden glove because i thought they would go far enough and he would get enough clean sheets but obviously that didn't happen because you know they're not going far and i think uh you know this golden generation for belgium it's officially over you know yeah. unfortunately you know they weren't able to ever get a trophy with this golden generation and let's be honest I'm not going to say, you know, I never want to say ever, but for the most part, you doubt Belgium will ever get this type of squad again. You know, with so many world class players, we're talking Kevin De Bruyne, even right now at this very moment, is probably the best midfielder in the world. And they still have a world class number nine, even though he, you know, he, he had didn't a, play like
1: it. He, he had a, play like a class, time, right. but he's
0: still class today. The the and they still have quality players. They have T- Trossard, who was on great form in the Premier League and he kind of came out of nowhere they still have a lot of quality in this team the best goalkeeper in the world it is ultimately over and you know it's quite sad in a way because you would have expected at some point whether it's the Euros or the World Cup that Belgium would have been able to get silverware and they just weren't ever able to put it all together and the, this, was, the, yeah. this was the last hurrah and they ultimately just failed
1: the the fact that they haven't even really been able to even make a final, they haven't made a mean, final. It's, it's, yeah it's crazy because uh, you counting euros and the world cup because i mean uh i think when i think back at the 2018 world cup they're probably the most uh you know unlucky team you get you know they lose to the world champs they uh they give up one goal and that's it i mean that you know that'll do it looking
0: back um, was their best chance
1: yeah and uh i mean it came down to them playing the champs but just i think you have probably the the best player, the two best players in your country's history in their primes at the same time. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, Eden Hazard, and then you have a, a a a surging Romelu Lukaku, and you still have a Yannick Carrasco, and you have a Thiago Cortois. You have, you know, these players, and they just they get they get a bit unlucky. It's probably the most um, uh, it's probably just I think it comes down to just being more unlucky than them just not being good enough because I think they're they're far way in the good enough. Uh, yeah. In the in the past not right now no absolutely not but because just every, every well, everybody on the team is just way too old man it's just how it is i mean what really drove them in 2018 was eden hazard i mean this this one he's washed is <laughs> he's he, he's just horrible but uh i mean that's besides the point for this year i mean this year i thought they'd be good enough just to get by i, I didn't have them going very far no you know if I mean, yeah. if the, uh, they they could have I mean like it's one of those things to where if things were clicking yeah I mean uh Ramu Lukaku I I mean before this I thought he's he's I mean on paper he's a very good striker I mean he's very physical you know a, a real poacher but he up the ball he, well. he wasn't poaching very much you know he wasn't poaching much
0: he had four golden <laughs> opportunities to poach and he wasn't yeah. able to score any of them and, and it, it, it's one of those things the chances kept getting progressively worse you know it was yeah. like it was like like he missed one, and you were like, okay. And then he got well, a better. I ch- thought he would get the next one. You he know? got an even better chance, and then he missed. And then he got somehow an even better chance, and he missed. And then to top it all off, he had one literally where it was it was harder to miss than score, and he somehow missed. You know. Yeah. It it was just unbelievable to see that. And uh I mean, Kevin
1: De Bruyne had a poor tournament as well. He didn't. Yeah, play. That's what I was going to say. To he his did. to his standard, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne right now best is best. Well. He, he's he's a top five player in the world
0: best, best midfielder in the world I would say
1: best midfielder, I, I would say he's a top five player I mean going to the Ballon d'Or I think he finished top five I mean this this is the level of this guy I mean he's the best player in the Premier League right now right yeah. we're probably like competing with Erling Holland. I expected much more from Kevin De Bruyne but you know it's one of those things that's hard to for a midfielder if a midfield is your best player it's hard to carry an entire team just because it is hard you you, you but, just it's possible but on that on that team everybody was playing good look Luka Luka much was playing well but uh you know at, at they, they as a unit they were a more a that. compound unit yeah you know, I but, agree with that. and this uh belgium team they they just weren't playing like that you know i mean it's tough to do it without eden hazard being that engine on the wing and lukaku playing like you know uh, playing abominable man he's like hall of shame all-time hall of shame and uh, t- i mean that's another thing like Thibault Courtois is arguably their second best player look you're not getting very far if your second best player is a goalkeeper man like, yeah. I, unless you're like your 2014 Germany you, I mean that when your entire team is so well-rounded your best player can be a goalkeeper
0: because but, but Neuer at that time which is different yeah
1: no uh, L- L- Neuer like yeah he was like finishing top five and in and in Ballon d'Or, yeah but uh like it's just not gonna get by especially in this day and age and how how the game is I mean these teams are you know they're here. To, they're here to play. They're not going to give you any respect just because. Oh, this is Belgium's, you know, uh, golden generation. They have Kevin De Bruyne. They have Hazard. They had Lukaku. They don't care, and they they pushed it to them, and they they couldn't they couldn't withstand it. I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, that's that's football that's the game.
0: Yeah, and you, you know, looking back on it, you know, you would have uh, you would have hoped that they would have been able to do more with this golden generation, but it's one of those things it's you, you we have seen it in the past you know golden generations don't always result to trophies you know looking yeah,
1: like, like um like england's golden generation with uh stephen I mean, we're, we're John seeing, terry
0: we're seeing a resurgence of an potentially a new golden generation and you know are it's they getting, gonna, is it going to uh, get wasted you know are they gonna, yeah that that's the question you know we've talked about it before on the pod if, if you've you know listened in you know last episode we talked about it the episode before we talked about it, it it's a rec- it's a recurring question that comes up you know is this golden generation of english talent going to go to waste the question, you know, it might get answered here and it might not. You know, it's one of those things we're gonna have to continue and wait and see. England they play on Sunday, but you know, let's not focus on England here. My honorable mention, you know, you you kind of mentioned two teams. My honorable mention for flop of the tournament has to be Denmark. They absolutely ah. flopped in this tournament. They they finished bottom of the group.
1: The bottom amount of group. people, amount of people that chose them as a dark horse is ridiculous. I watched so many uh so many like uh prediction videos leading into this World Cup and everybody had something to say about this Denmark team and to be fair they're you know before this World Cup they were a good side I mean they they went uh pretty far in the Euros without Christian Eriksson and now mm-hmm. they got Christian Eriksson back you would think they would rally for him because of the way he went out
0: exactly but, and and in and, and World Cup qualifying they were unbeaten
1: yeah they they were they were looking like this is you know this could be they could pull off a little bit maybe what Russia did in 2018 go pretty far and surprise exactly. a lot of people but they just did the opposite they played they played abominably and then the Australia finish you know like <laughs> I just don't, don't it's, it's no
0: disrespect to Australia but you know if they if they get a result in that game you know they probably go through yeah you know? I don't know exactly how it would have finished you know with them in Tunisia because Tunisia ended up winning that game but uh, you can assume that if Denmark were able to pick up the points that they should have been able to pick up against Australia. No disrespect to Australia. They, they would have went through and they weren't able to do it. They looked poor. You know, this whole tournament, they were poor. And let's not act like they're a world beater you know, side by any stretch of the imagination, but they're good enough to to beat Australia. You know, given they still have, they have Braithwaite up top, who is a decent striker. They got Ericsson who's playing good for Manchester United. And then he was playing good coming into the tournament. They have a very solid defense with Christensen and they have an underrated goalkeeper, very underrated goalkeeper, in Casper Schmeichel, who is yeah. always he's he's always able to make great he's saves. He's always been very and, solid. And keep yeah. you in games, and, you know. Casper Schmeichel, he will pretty much do the fundamentals, and he will pull off some world class saves sometimes to save a team's ass. We've seen it, you know, countless times for Leicester City. We've seen it for Denmark, and they're look, they could have had Peter Schmeichel playing in goal, and he wouldn't have saved them. You know, they could have had his dad. Yeah, and they, they wouldn't have could save have had his dad them. come down for the and stands. Just, they just played poor and it's it's uh kind of shocking in a way because compared to the other teams you know like germany they kind of had a tough group you know and in, in looking back on it belgium you know they they had a, a tough group they had uh, morocco's a solid side and then they also had croatia in their group uruguay they had you know some other tough teams this this group with with france and denmark australia tunisia it's not the best you know group you know it's a, you would just have easily expected france and denmark to be able to go through because australia They're not a a world-beating side and you know same thing goes for tunisia they're not crazy either by any stretch of the imagination so it's it's just kind of shocking that they were they did so poor you know they were only able to pick up points against tunisia and they got a draw and and kind of once we saw them drop points to tunisia i was starting to get a little bit worried about this team because we kind of knew they weren't going to be able to beat france and to be honest they put up the best fight against france which is probably the most ironic thing of this whole tournament, <laughs> yeah. because they yeah. they had a chance to you know hold that draw against France at one one, and you know potentially even win that game, and they put up a really good fight in that game, just to draw to Tunisia and lose to Australia. So it's it's a little bit of a head scratcher, but Denmark for sure one of the flops of the tournament. But you know between Germany, Belgium, Uruguay, and and Denmark, that that's that's all the flops I think.
1: Yeah. I would have to agree with, uh, with all that. I mean, we expected a lot more from those teams. You know, it's it's just, we we, we can't, it's hard to tell in, in, in knockout games, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's the World Cup. You know, anything can happen. That's one of the beauties yeah. of this particular World Cup. There's been a lot of upsets. We'll see if that continues. Yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, sw- switching from uh, probably the biggest flaps to the biggest surprises of the tournament. You know, I... I think there's there's a lot of teams that could get this you know the spot as who surprised the most but I'll, i'll i'll hand this one off to you first who surprised you the most in this world cup so far heading into the round of 16.
0: well they're they're in the same group that we just talked about as one of my biggest flops you know i'm gonna have to go ahead and say that morocco were one of my biggest surprises so far in this tournament you know morocco coming into this tournament you would have looked at their group that had Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and you would have said, okay, well, it's, it's probably gonna be difficult for Morocco to make it out of this group. You know, Croatia, they were the, the runners up in 2018. Belgium, they were on the back end of their golden generation, but they still have world-class players. And Canada, they finished first in CONCACAF, you know, coming into the World Cup, you would have expected them to do better than what they did. But given all of that, Morocco came into this tournament and they were able to top this group, you know, and, and that's miraculous, you know, to say, Morocco, they were able to, Get a nil-nil draw against croatia beat belgium 2-0 and then get a 2-1 win against canada and that finishes is them on seven points top of the group and you have to hand it to them that was you know you have to tip, you know tip your cap and say you know well done to morocco it's surprising but you know the main reason why i think morocco were able to do this you know they have some quality players but coming into the tournament they allowed hakim Ziyech to come back into the national team they had some kind of dispute that wasn't allowing him to play and he retired from international football but they qualified for the world cup and, and ziesh comes back and he has had a master class so far in this world cup he scored the winning goal uh, against canada and you know they have a couple other quality players you know buffal amrabat hakimi obviously everyone knows from psg mizraoui who plays for bayern munich bunu they have a lot of quality players and you know it just seems as if they play well as a unit And it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they do in the knockout round because they are playing Spain, I believe. And that is going to be a very intriguing game. But, you know, I would just have to say, given, you know, there's been a lot of surprises in this World Cup, but I don't think, maybe besides Morocco fans that were holding out false hope, I don't think many people had Morocco topping this group.
1: Absolutely No, absolutely not, no.
0: And the fact that they were able to do it, you have to tip your cap. And, you know, it's one of those things. African teams this is uh, I think I saw a statistic that this has been the statistically speaking the best World Cup for African teams in history and it it might be a sign of things to come where the gap is kind of closing between you know teams you know globally you know it seems as if you know the World Cup has always been a South American or European competition those that's who's going to very compete for the title and I'm not saying that you know Morocco is going to go on and win this thing but you know going forward here 2026 2030 you know in the future we might finally see somebody outside of South America and Europe win this thing because teams like Morocco are continuously getting better and they're improving, you know, and that, that goes for across the tournament. We have seen a lot more teams from outside of those countries improve. And that's one of my biggest takeaways, I would say. And I'm sure I know who you're gonna say for your biggest surprise. And, and that's where it's another it's, it reiterates kind of the same point, you know, Asian yeah. teams as well, they have been doing very well in this tournament. You know you look at the united states they have done very well in this tournament uh you know but overall uh for me the biggest surprise gotta be morocco
1: yeah um M- morocco were definitely up there for my for one of mine because i mean in many people's mock drafts they finished bottom of their group i mean and, and it's not crazy to say that you know that's that's uh that's outrageous to say before before i mean hindsight now is always twenty twenty. but yeah, like I I believe Adam finishing bottom as well, just because we didn't really expect this, but this is something that I harped on a little bit before that teams you know teams around the world are starting to catch up to you know the European giants and the South American giants. I mean, we've seen a surge of African and Asian teams, you know, perform very well at the at the top level, and I think that a lot of that comes down to the fact that you know most of the players that play for the national team play within their own leagues in in their own countries, so they know each other. The chemistry is a lot better but uh you know the uh, my my biggest surprise of this tournament was japan i think for what they were able to do and uh you know they they were able to come out come out of the group with you know against spain and germany i thought that was you know a rock okay it's 100 percent spain and germany are getting it out and honestly i think japan was the best the best team out of this group i mean they played way way more as a cohesive unit even after spain's uh you know very a uh, very dominant win i mean they after that win they just kind of reverted back to just looking poor you know it ended up you know them losing the final to uh japan and japan was just i think most of the, most of it comes down to the J- japan players are just their fitness that they can go full 90 they just don't stop and how how they're uh, more of a cohesive unit i mean they they're they got great players like Kubo Ta- uh tanaki and even their goalkeeper <laughs> got uh I can't even say, I don't know, Gunda. I am I butchered those names. I'm not going to act like uh, me looking down, at, trying my best to say this person. It's going to do them any justice. I pro- I've i slandered their names, but they're playing outstanding. And they 100% deserve to make it out of this group. And, you know, it it, it is that thing because th- this is the beautiful game. This is why this tournament is so important, that it's able to shine light on these teams that are finally starting to get the recognition they deserve for... You know, because they had to wait, they they had to sit back all those years seeing like, you know, the Brazil, Italy, Germany, all these upper echelon with the best players in the world. And now they're slowly starting to catch up. And now it's creeping. Like you said, 20, uh, 2026 and 2030, there's a high chance that, you know, an Asian or African team could make the final and they could win it. We're going to see these teams start to catch up and, you know that's why I want to give you know Japan all their flowers you know it's incredible This probably uh you know the, the biggest thing they can they can hang their hat on I mean they, they make it out of the group with Spain and Germany what yeah with the with the pedigree those teams have I mean, in this competition yeah yeah I mean yeah, they won the group they, they were able to make it out but no one had them making out of it I mean I don't know a lot of people that really picked Japan to make it out and the fact that they're able to win it and I think they looked up well, the bet the the by far the best even though they didn't have player for player they weren't better than Spain player for player they weren't better than Germany, but just as a unit you know how they were coached how they play their philosophy of how they play is just impressive and you know I'm it's it's great to see it. you know I love to see it.
0: It's remarkable to me that you know Japan to get out of this group you know because of the way that they they did it they they ended up losing to Costa Rica who I didn't rate you know very very highly can all things consider. So, to get out of this group, if you said that they were going to lose to Costa Rica, they would have had to beat both Germany and Spain. And nobody, and I mean nobody, would have bet on that happening. And that's exactly what happened. And you have to give a lot of credit to this Japan team because they went down to 1 0 to the Spanish team. You know, Alvaro Morata was able to get that goal. And, you know, I thought it was kind of over for him at that point. But this Japan team, they fight and they fight for this badge and they, they fight like the whole country's behind them, pushing them. And it's one of those things for the full 90, man. They just don't stop running, man. They just go, go, go. And that's hard to play against at the end of the day. They're relentless. You cannot take your foot off the gas, even for a second against this Japanese team because they will make you pay. And that's exactly what happened to Spain. They had a couple lapses of concentration and then boom, they're down 2-1. And then they were not able to break down this Japanese defense because they play a five at the back and once they're able to get that lead they are very difficult to break down at the end of the day and they have some some proven players that have done it in the premier league such as Yoshida you know he's a premier league proven player and they still have you know some players like Nagatomo who's played you know in i think in the Syria and they have Ito who plays in Belgium so they they have quality players that play all across you know quality leagues that are very good and then you know they're able to continue to improve and i think it's remarkable that they were able to do that so i think definitely uh they are a big surprise uh i think an honorable mention for me unless you had a second team an honorable mention for me uh that i would like to get, uh, point out a little bit of, of love to we've talked about them before obviously we've, we've shown our credit to them but a surprise not not for making it out necessarily but a surprise just because of how they've played is the united states oh god well and, and you, look you yeah have to, you have to give them credit just for how quality i think they've been and, and i and you know mark my you know or what is it bite my tongue or whatever like this could end up coming back to bite me in the ass i think that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) because the united states they literally play tomorrow morning. they play
1: tomorrow but by the time this is up it's going to be like that the game's hours away exactly
0: so like kind of my point with this is you know believe it or not and not maybe not a lot of people would have expected this i I give the united states a good chance of performing in this game and potentially getting the win i mean i I picked them to win you know we've talked about we, we previewed the game Uh, that Mm clip is up on the channel if you want to go check that out but this whole tournament you know they they had a a, 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 uh look they had an amazing first half against wales where they completely dominated and this was their first ever world cup game for for 99 of these players except for one which was deandre yedlin uh so we did not know what to expect it was the first time head coach and greg berhalter had no world cup experience and then a bunch of youngsters you know the, the the youngest or second youngest squad in the tournament we didn't know what to expect, and they have done nothing but prove themselves every single game. They were able to get a nil-nil draw and, and dominate the game against England. They should have won. And then in a winner take all game against Iran, they were able to get that goal and then show the quality to not allow them, uh, Iran to get that goal to send them through. You know, they were able to lock it down on the back end, you know, with the defense. And that's where this team has been so good. They have not allowed a goal in open play this whole tournament they're the only team in the whole world cup to have not allowed a goal in open play so far and that's a remarkable stat you know the only goal they've conceded was the penalty to the penalty. Uh, wales and that was a just a bad foul to give it was one lapse of concentration by walker zimmerman was the only goal they've conceded and it was a pen so this united states team has, sh- has proven now that they are very difficult to beat and and break down defensively and that's also not only because of their defense which has been good but their midfield trio and i harp on them i think every episode this midfield trio of eunice musa weston mckinney and tyler adams is so so good and so so young they are going to be beasts for years to come you know whether it's for club and also for country they are going to do amazing things i would be very very shocked if tyler adams did not get a big money move to a bigger club than leeds United. And also Yunus Musa, I would be very shocked if he wasn't getting looked at from very much so bigger clubs and where he's at now because of how good they've been playing in this World Cup. And you just have to kind of tip your cap because we knew they were good, but we didn't know how they were going to be able to perform on the world stage. And they've done nothing but prove themselves to everybody. And even if they, are, if they do lose to a very good Dutch side tomorrow, you know, they've proven to me and I think to a lot of the world that the United States has finally got something going here with the national team. And they might not win the World Cup next the next time, or they might not, you know, they might not do anything like that. But I think they're finally proving themselves as, as a side that you can't just push them over and say, "Oh, it's the United States." They're they're, they're actually competent soccer wise now. You know, they have a good squad for years to come. And the Football only thing hard. they're their only thing they're missing is a number nine. And you That's would so have yeah. to you would have to anticipate that by the time the next World Cup cycle comes around in 2026, they got four years to find a striker
1: four years you got Gets four years
0: race. you know they got four years to find a striker so I, and i i back them to do that and and plus they are automatically qualified for the next tournament so they don't have to worry about
1: <laughs> there's so, no missing it yeah there's, there's no, no missing, missing it. it they're
0: automatically qualified so i i you know i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow for the united states but even if they go out they've proven themselves to me and i think a lot of other people
1: yeah i i mean I had them uh, up there as well. I mean, they, they've played very well. Like you said, they haven't conceded, go- conceded a goal in open play. No other team has done that. And um, I think they've, they've definitely impressed. I mean, coming off uh, missing the World Cup last year, you know, a lot of people didn't really expect much from the United States, but now they, they have a real 50-50 chance to get by, to get through against the Netherlands. I, I have them winning. I have them uh, winning going through on pens. Yeah, me too. But, you know i think they've definitely surprised a lot of people and you know perhaps they had to do something you know to give north america a bit of a push since you know north american teams didn't do very well i mean yeah you know two two of them didn't make out of the groups and you know united states was the only one to survive you know
0: yeah but That's, uh and, and i for, totally forgot about mexico but they could yeah. <laughs> they probably could have been in flops as well but i don't know i i didn't i, think
1: I, I mean well. yeah i I expected them to maybe get second in the group. You didn't expect them to get on the group yeah, at yeah, all. I remember,
0: yeah, I didn't expect it. Yeah. So uh, it was a tough group.
1: Yeah, it's a tough group. So you know, it, it
0: was remarkable to me because uh, Tata Martino got sacked instantly after the game.
1: Instantly, yeah. No, I deservingly. I mean, the yeah, the, fo- he, he, the football he had them playing out there was abominable. I mean, it's fucking, yeah. it's absolutely dreadful.
0: I, 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 to be honest, I saw some Mexican fans saying, "Kick him off the plane, leave him in Qatar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: leave them in Qatar. Where Qatar can have them, dude. Yeah, nah." He's he played absolutely horrible. Uh, no, he didn't play. I mean, he probably should have been playing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he would have been better, you know. Maybe if he was out there playing. But just how he set up this team, he set him up for failure. And you know, yeah. it's it's fully fair that the, the, only, the Ma, only Mexican fans way. were not happy with how they're playing. You sacked the manager. I mean, the only somewhat good game
0: them. they played was against Saudi Arabia, where, and they, that was the only game they were able to score in. Yeah, <laughs> Tata had had them playing anti-football.
1: I really thought they were going to go a World Cup without scoring at all. That would have been.
0: That would have oh been. Oh
1: my God.
0: It, it, well, well yeah. that, that would have been even worse than it already was but yeah but for mexico too they had a streak of like seven consecutive world cups of making it out the group so yeah it, and it
1: finally finally, finally ended. has ended you know and finally ended it but you know it is it is. heart now enough enough talking about these scrub bad teams that haven't made it through the round of 16. let's start talking about the round of 16 and doing our re basically our re-picks i mean we got a couple wrong during our early early ones but now we're gonna somewhat try and rectify and see maybe we can get a couple things uh more correct and see how far we can get it so without further ado round of 16 World Cup Qatar 2022 predictions I'm gonna give this off to you first who do you have you just go through your entire 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 bracket. we'll we'll do it like that yeah we'll go through the bracket like that
0: okay so uh, I'll go ahead and start off with the first match that is taking place tomorrow morning, you know, after we record this, uh, the Netherlands playing against the United States. And as I've said in the previous episodes, I have the United States winning this game. I think it's going to be very tight. It's going to be an ugly game, but they are going to be able to go through. Uh, and then in the in the other game, uh, Argentina play Australia. And I think that's pretty straightforward. It's cut and dry. Uh, Argentina are going to go through quite comfortably in that game. So okay. then uh Japan play Croatia and we, you know we talked about Japan as, as a surprising team and, uh, and Croatia obviously uh, as the runners up in uh, 2018 you know they have somewhat high expectations i think that even though Japan have impressed a lot of people and they really do fight for the badge i just have to give the pedigree of Croatia and and give that i think that's going to help this Croatian team in this big moment and i have to give the edge to Croatia i think that could that could be going to extra time or something like that but give me Croatia getting the win Then Brazil versus South Korea. I have to give the edge towards Brazil here just because they're, you know, they they did lose today to Cameroon, but that was the B team. They were resting some players. Give me Brazil to bounce back and win. Then England plays Senegal. This is going on to the other side of the bracket. England plays Senegal. Uh, Mm -hmm. England, you know, as we talked about, uh, I think England are going to revert back to a, a bad lineup, in my opinion, you know, with Mason Mount in it, but they are still able to find a way to get a win. Then France yeah. play Poland. We talked about this one as well. France are gonna absolutely dominate this game. In my opinion, it's not really gonna be close. It's another cut and dry game. Give me France. And then I think this might be one of, if not the matchup of the round of 16, Morocco versus Spain. Morocco have very much so impressed. And Spain, even though they did finish second in the group to Japan, they were still impressive you know, in many ways. Give me Morocco to move on to the quarterfinals in this game. Spain get bounced out in the round of 16 i've been very impressed by morocco you know they were my most impressive team of the group stage so then the final matchup of my round of 16 portugal and switzerland i have to back portugal here i think switzerland you know, they're a good team but portugal have been looking dangerous for me you know they're looking very very good and it's not just because of cristiano ronaldo which has like it's been in the past they have a very well balanced team and they have some super subs such as rafael Leao, who are great players obviously so then moving yeah. on to the quarterfinals USA would be playing Argentina in this prediction and look I love the United States but I think this is where it <laughs> ends the dream has to die.
1: this was that that would be a really weird game for you just because I mean it's it's a uh, United States I mean the the home, the home versus uh the the, the the team you've picked to win it all so it's kind of like yeah oh, shit. It would but, be tough. yeah
0: But I have to back Argentina to get the win against the United States. And to be honest, you know, I'm just going to put this out there. Even if the Netherlands do get past the United States, I would have Argentina beating the Netherlands as well. I just wanted to say that. But I still think the United States are going through. So then in my other quarterfinal matchup on that side of the bracket, uh, it would be Croatia playing Brazil. And I think this would be a very, very good game. it it would be very close, you know. Croatia are a very good side. They don't quite have that one, you know. They have Luka Modric, but they don't have the the the, the superstars of Brazil. But they're a well balanced, cohesive unit. But I have to back Brazil. I think that they are just too much to handle for this Croatian team if it comes down to it. So give me Brazil to go through. And then, what a game this would be! The matchup of the quarterfinals. I pray to God that it does happen. England versus France. This would be oh, an amazing game. Well, on paper, it would be an amazing game, but knowing Garrett Southgate, it might be a, a, a like my eyes, my eyeballs might be you know, turned to fire watching it. You know, the, you don't want to watch it, but I'm going to have to back France to to kick out England of the tournament. It would be disappointing for England to go out in the quarterfinals, to be honest, but this France team is looking impressive. You know, they they have not really missed a beat, you know, without Kante, without Benzema, without Pogba. They have, you know, continued to look like a well-oiled machine that might go on and win it all, you know? So that, give me France and then Portugal versus Morocco. This would be a, another very good game. But I think the, the Morocco dream ends at this point. You know, the quarterfinals would be a great achievement for them. I think this Portugal team, like I previously mentioned, they are just looking very, very strong. And I think that they're going to make the semifinals. So moving forward, my, sem- my semifinals. It is the same semifinals that I picked yeah, uh... in my uh, pre-tournament predictions. It all kind of works out the same way. So, uh, Argentina versus Brazil, like I said in my pre-tournament predictions, I have to back Argentina here just because they've beaten Brazil before. And to be honest, this might be a hot take, but I don't think this Brazil team has, they're they're a very good team. And I think they're going to be able to beat the teams that I previously said they would beat. But they are not looking as strong as people had made them out to be, in my opinion. They don't look unbeatable. And, you know, to be honest, their attack hasn't been as good as advertised. You know they haven't been blowing teams away by any stretch of the imagination you know and their depth their depth got him a loss against cameroon so let's not act like their depth is crazy good you know this they're gonna need neymar back and fully fit and i don't know if that's gonna happen you know it's gonna be interesting to see but so if this matchup happens i back argentina because i think that they have the confidence and they have a very strong defense to be able to hold brazil so argentina make the final then on the other side of the bracket a rematch of euro 2016 france and portugal this this is 50 50 it's a toss-up you know coming into the tournament i wasn't uh, as high on france as i am now and that's why i picked portugal to get the win but i am also higher now on portugal than i was coming into the tournament because i think that they are looking like a well-oiled cohesive unit so give me portugal to make the final, just like I pre- uh, predicted in the pre in the pre match pre tournament predictions, Portugal knock off France, and then we get the final. Not it, this. To be honest, that's the best way to describe it. It's the final. It's it's the best final of all time. It is the final that would make the world stop. The world would stop spinning for this final. You know, I think the aliens might come down to watch this game. That's how big it would be, and. Argentina playing Portugal in the final and Messi versus Ronaldo the storylines are endless this is something that i think everyone has dreamed of you know any any football fan has went to sleep and dreamed of this match happening and i think it's going to happen Argentina versus Portugal give me Argentina to get the win Messi wins his first and only world cup over Cristiano Ronaldo i just think this Argentina team is the team of destiny and even though that loss against Saudi Arabia happened. I think that honestly helped them in a way because it, it got that monkey off their back and it it showed them that they needed to step up their game. And that's exactly what's happened ever since. And then the third place game, France versus Brazil. I would back Brazil to win that just because, you know, it's Brazil. And, you know, I think France would be disappointed to be knocked out, you know, because they expect uh, to go back to back. And I, I, I just, I think Brazil would
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the good picks, I think, my, mine differ a little bit, but, you know,
0: yeah. I mean, they I'll, differ
1: I'll, just just a little bit, you I'm, know.
0: I'm intrigued to hear your picks. All right, so let's
1: let's go right into it. First game off the rip, Netherlands, United States. I got the United States going through on penalties. You know, I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be an ugly game, but United States going to get it done argentina versus australia already had this one as a bit of a wash argentina winning three nil i don't think australia have anything to deal with uh, the attacking force of argentina so give me argentina japan versus Cro- croatia give me japon i will take Japan over croatia right now look croatia have not been that same team that we've seen they've they look like luster and they look they look like they're aging they're playing like an aging team that's not what you want. What you want going against this hapon team, they're playing with the absolute most energy. Like I said, their car, their uh, their fitness is unlike any other team right now, and I think they're just gonna outlast Croatia and they're gonna uh, sneak a sneak a goal right at the death. I, th- I see them scoring a winner around the 80th minute. So give me hapon. Who is advancing? Hapon is the old way, the Spanish way of saying Japan. Well, that's kind of like look. I'm reading some video. What they before it's called hop on. That's how it's supposed to be called. Hop on. Okay. Because the J is like a H. In Spanish, we call it Hopon. Okay. That's my boys. But um next round, Brazil versus South Korea. This one I think is gonna be a pretty close game, more than people, you know, give it to be fair, because Brazil I have that. not Brazil have not looked like how we thought. You know, they're 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 lacking a real number nine. Of, I don't think Richarlison, Richarlison is that guy. I just don't think he is. And even yeah. when Neymar, yeah. even when Neymar has played, they just haven't looked as dominant. I know he played one game against Serbia, but they just seem just to foul him and get him off the ball. And Vinny hasn't looked spectacular. And this team has just kind of been just kind of been mid. I mean, it hasn't really been the Brazil that we expected, but I do have him still going through. I mean, they should have the the quality to get past South Korea so then switch it to the other side of the bracket england versus senegal god england's gonna go back to playing they're absolute dreadful football but i mean they they could they could play horrible i think they're still gonna I think they're still gonna get by they're gonna uh probably win this game i think one nil is gonna be a pretty pretty lackluster game but i have england going through next one france poland it's a bit it's a bit of a wash as well i mean pol uh poland uh if they win it'll probably be the biggest upset in uh, you know probably one of the biggest upsets in uh world cup history and football history but yeah i, agree I got you. i got france thrashing them i mean poland can't create a chance to save their lives morocco and spain i had morocco as well i think the dream lives on spain have just looked poor i mean I've, after their first you know dominant win they just they're they're having the same, you know, problems as most other teams in the competition, lacking a true number nine. Maratta. You know, he's uh he's just not the same as he was. I mean, I, I liked uh, Alvaro martha like maybe three three years ago, like as as a starting striker, but he just doesn't have what this team needs and it this team's lacking wingers as well. It's it's a young team, but uh I, I think they just don't have the the backbone to to really get far in this competition. I think Morocco has everything going for them right now. So I would I would pick Morocco to beat Spain and advancing next one, Portugal in Switzerland. <sighs> Portugal has been outstanding so far. I mean, other than the the loss they had, I mean, they're, they had like five changes through a lineup. So I don't really I take, take much in, into that game, but I think they get by this game quite easily. I think they, they're going to have just uh, too much firepower for Switzerland. So I got them going through. So now switching to the other side, United States versus Argentina, Argentina are winning. I mean, the the United States dream is over, but I mean, that's a win. I (laughs) mean, they could put, they could put in the newspapers, uh, United States a win. They make the quarterfinals. So, you know, even, uh, losing to Argentina, that's a win. But, um, then going on to Japan and Brazil, I think that, you know, Japan could do it, you know? i you know japan could do it i i think that's gonna also be a very close game that's a game we could probably see go to extra time but i'm gonna have to give it to brazil i mean i i would hope they'd be able to get by japan but you know with how brazil have been playing a bit lackluster and just how how well japan's been playing it wouldn't be completely out of the realm that i would not you know be completely surprised if they get through if I were to give it a percentage split I give Japan a good 35 to 40 percent chance of getting by I I give them a good shot and switching to the other side of the bracket England versus France oh God I have to watch this game you know I already know I can I can predict right now Garrett Southgate's gonna play five in the back (laughs) he's, he's he's gonna bring it back there's no doubt in my mind he's gonna bring it back he's going to he's going to shit his jocks when he has to play this France team. He's going to be like, "We just have to throw everybody behind the ball." I can guess their I can guess their lineup. They're going to move Kyle Walker back at center back. They're going to have, you know, probably um Stones, Maguire, and Kyle Walker as the center backs and they're going to put Trippier and they're going to uh then have who are they, who are they playing Luke Shaw at the back. And then they're going to, you know, have just the most park the bus garbage style and probably lose on penalties. They're probably going to they're probably going to get to where Southgates wants, Southgate's probably gonna want like a very close game, maybe taking the penalties, and they're gonna lose on penalties. So I got France advancing to the semifinals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I got Morocco and Portugal. Some uh similar to you, and I have you know that's where the the dream ends. Portugal get through. Mm-hmm. I have them going through. They have just way too much firepower for Morocco. I th- mm-hmm. I still think that's gonna be a close game. I think uh yeah, I agree. I, I I'd give it to the same level as you know maybe Japan and Brazil, but uh, Portugal just uh. With how they have a lot of players, you know, I think um, Bruno Fernandez and uh, Br- uh, Bruno and Bernardo Silva in their primes right now, I would give it to them. And you have that, you know, attacking threat off the bench uh, and Lao. I w- I would uh, give it to them. Going into the semifinals, same four as we had originally: Argentina, Brazil. I think got to cut right to it. Argentina are going to win. I got Argentina. Doing what they did in the Copa America, getting by Brazil. Brazil not haven't been looking so great. Argentina have looked transformed since the Saudi loss. And they they just look like they're back to on that mission, back on that mission. So I got Argentina making the final. Then Portugal and France. Rematch a Euro 2016. You know. I'm this this is where I differ I thought this France team would look a lot better than where they were right now and I think they have been chinks in this armor I did not expect Portugal to look this great I had Portugal going this far just because of the namesake I didn't know how far they could really go how well this team could play together but they've impressed me far beyond France and I have Portugal I'm I'm booking a ticket of the final of Dreams Give wow. me Portugal beating France in the semifinal and advancing and giving us the final of the gener of our entire existence of the human race. Give me this final that would be Argentina and Portugal. This final, there's not much that has to be said. It would be the greatest final in the history of sports. The two greatest players of all time going at it. We we've have we ever seen this? it's like Michael Jordan and LeBron James playing in the final? It's you know, it's something you know, people would always talk about, but you'll never get to see that because those players weren't in the same generation. These two guys in the same time have always been against each other forever since the start of their career. It's always been Ronaldo versus now they would play in the final of the world stage for their countries where it means the most, it's bigger than if they played, you know. Real Madrid versus Barcelona in the Champions League final because this is for their country. This is where they were born. This is where they grew up. The storylines of this final would be legendary. They would have, it would be biblical. They would have to write it in books to teach this in schools of how big this game would be. And who would win that final? I would have to still give it to Argentina. I have Lionel Messi finally getting that World Cup. And it would be over his greatest, you know, not his greatest enemy, but his greatest rival, Cristiano Ronaldo. It'd be heartbreaking for Ronaldo, but, you know, like how I have him, Messi's the greatest player of all time. This is what is written for him. This is his story. He's the main character. Ronaldo is absolutely great world class, second greatest player ever. But you were born in the same generation as Lionel Messi. So it's unfortunate, but you know it's gonna it's gonna come down to that messy winning and you know third third place I got Brazil France that eh, kind of that doesn't matter I think France, uh not France Brazil's probably gonna win that because I mean who no one really plays that game very very seriously but Brazil probably gonna take that <laughs> I mean realistically
0: so we ended up having the same Final Four that we did in our pre-tournament prediction but you went back on what you originally predicted. You know, you I remember you did say in the first time that France would get past Portugal, but this time you you switched it up and said that Portugal would get by. I and think I at the time
1: I, I, at the time we said that I expected Benzema would be playing, so that that did play into I think uh, when when it comes down to you know the semifinals of a World Cup, it would it would help to have the best player in the world, in my opinion, on the team, and he just sadly, unfortunately can't be there. So I think that kind of sways it in Portugal's favor and and Portugal have been playing better than I thought they would be. I mean, Bruno has, uh, uh, I mean, his club form hasn't been very good, but Bruno looks brilliant. I mean, he has two goals, two assists, and he's looked like the best player in the tournament so far. I mean, competing with Mbappe as one of those guys who's just changing the game. And um, Bernardo Silva has been playing very well. Joao Felix has been playing good and, you know, Lau having a goal hasn't played very much, but He's shown that when he when he gets up done, he can he can change the game. He he plays very well. And the Portugal team, Cristiano Ronaldo hasn't been what he. I I think if Ronaldo had this team, maybe like you know the last World Cup, they they, they that would have been like nightmare inducing. But yeah. you know Ronaldo hasn't looked the exact same that he's always looked. I mean he's aging. I mean there's only so much he can do. But he'll he'll be just enough, good enough to get them to the final. I think
0: yeah well i think that is uh unless you have anything else to say about the you know the predictions or any of these teams in particular i think it's the perfect segue to get into a a, pre- a preview of the round of 16 game for portugal
1: oh uh, uh yeah let's get into it
0: so obviously portugal like we just said in our uh full predictions uh if anyone's watching the clip you know check out our full predictions video i'm gonna link it up you know you know you can click on it it's like right up here or something but some, some portugal okay. Portugal they are playing Switzerland and obviously uh I think it's going to be a a very interesting match you know it's not a pushover by any stretch of the imagination Switzerland they were able to just beat pretty much I think their their arch rivals Serbia 3-2 and that game was absolutely breathtaking to watch maybe one of the best games of the whole group stage uh so I'll go ahead and pass this one off to you first what do you expect for this game given you know you did pick Portugal to obviously advance so what do you expect for this game for portugal
1: i think uh i think it's gonna be a bit of a close game i don't, I don't have it being as close a game as like maybe like south Korea and brazil but uh switzerland is no like team just a complete look over just because really every team that's made it this far has to be respected to mm-hmm. where they made switzerland are have always been somewhat of a very solid side. they've always a solid side and i think um they're gonna they're gonna push uh portugal in, in uh In some areas of of the pitch but I think it just comes down to the firepower and the creativeness of this of this Portugal team and you know Bruno's been playing out of his mind Joe Felix been playing very solid and I I see them winning this game by a comfortable 2-0 I mean I I, when I think about this matchup it reminds me of the the uh, the world the uh, goal that uh Cristiano Ronaldo scored to them in the 2016 Euros the the flick Mm -hmm. the, the the back heel flick and I think um, this team knows how to how to play against this uh the Swiss side. So, you know, I think they're gonna get by this get by
0: 2-0. Yeah. Uh I mean, obviously I picked Portugal to win this game as well. So I agree with your, you know, what you've been saying. I think that the Swiss team is definitely not a pushover. I think that if Portugal come out and they don't play the way that I expect them to play, Switzerland can very much so beat this Portugal team. You know, they have some very quality players and is on very good form. Granite Jaca, who's been on class form for arsenal coming into the world cup and then so far throughout the world cup he's been playing good uh shakiri turned back the clock into the old shakiri he was able to get the old Shakiri against uh, serbia you know just happened uh today they, you know Sh- Sh- shakiri was been looking very good they have quality players and they, they uh their midfield and attack is very strong and ob- even though they have a kanji who plays for manchester city and they have a decent defense i think that that's where this swiss team kind of lacks Because when they're going to be going against a team like Portugal, who's going to probably have more possession and they just have more firepower in the attack, you know, with Bernardo Silva, with Joao Felix, with uh, Bruno Fernandes, with obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, who's not quite firing like he used to, but, you know, he can always be that threat and he's always going to be a threat. He's going to take away, you know, your center backs. He's going to occupy their mind because in the back of their head, this is Cristiano Ronaldo at the end of the day. You have to, you can't give this guy an inch of space because if you do, he will potentially make you pay. And obviously that opens up so much space for the rest of this Portugal team. And I think Portugal is obviously going to have more possession and they're going to create more chances. And ultimately, you know, they are going to find a way to break down this Swiss team that is going to have to play a little bit more defensive than I think they'd like to. And when you consider all of that, I think Portugal, they're going to get the goals that they need. And given the fact that their attack has been so, so lethal and so good, and this uh, Swiss team, I think their biggest weakness is defense. I think it doesn't bode well for Switzerland. Given the fact that their biggest weakness happens to be Portugal's biggest strength, you know, so when you consider all of that, I would expect Portugal to win this game three one. You know, I think that they're going to be able to, uh, you know, just I think they, you know they're going to go up uh like two 0 early on, you know, potentially. You know, they're just going to kind of pound it on, and then maybe Switzerland get one back, you know, because they are a solid team. They're going to fight, and then ultimately, you know, Portugal they get one late on to kind of seal the deal. You know, i think it's what i would expect and i would expect bruno fernandez to continue on his amazing form that he's had because let's be honest so far this world cup he's looked like the best midfielder in the world you know he's been yeah he, he's been looking like uh turning back the clock potentially to some of those uh manchester united days and you know we've never the early seen, ones yeah we've never quite seen this you know for uh him in portugal you know he's never quite been the main talisman for portugal and that's what he's been so far and you know the fact that ronaldo doesn't have to be the best player on the field and portugal can still do what i expect them to do that kind of shows how good this team is because you know you think about portugal teams in the past it's pretty much ronaldo or bust now portugal have so many weapons they have so many guys at the at their disposal i mean this this attack is so good that rafael Leao is is a bench you know he plays off the bench that just goes to show and i think you know he has a debate to, to be starting but obviously santos doesn't think he should be starting you know but that kind of potentially plays in their favor because they have someone of that quality coming off the bench if they need a goal i trust Rafael. layout he is yeah. so clinical in front of goal and he is so dynamic he's so tough to stop but you know even though his portugal attack is so good i, I their defense is looking very strong you know i i called for pepe to get into that starting 11. Pepe, <laughs> he's, he's, played well. he's, he's played well He's played well. He back to and obviously they got ruben diaz they got Cancelo, and obviously uh, costa he wasn't quite looking uh like a very good goalkeeper after that Ghana game but he's kind of cemented himself as, as there's a reason why he's the starter you know at the end of the day and he was playing very good for porto coming into the tournament he's a very good goalkeeper this portugal team is just i think it's a little bit too much for switzerland to handle they're just not gonna they don't have the firepower to keep up in my opinion
1: yeah yeah that's uh, most of the points i agreed on yeah
0: so Unless you have anything else to say, I think we can move forward to the next uh, preview that we have. Yeah, I think that wraps that one up. So the next preview, this potentially, you know, coming into the tournament, these are the favorites. You know, Brazil were the the, the, The clear favorites. They were the the clear favorites. The betting coming into the tournament. Brazil, that was them. You know, they had such high expectations. It was pretty much win the World Cup or bust. You know, let's be honest. Brazil, this Brazil team, everyone, the fans, they expect to win this World Cup. Do I believe that? Obviously, you know, we said that in our predictions, you know, go back and watch that if you haven't seen it, but, uh, so Brazil, they're going to play South Korea. It's not going to be an easy game. I'll go ahead and pass this one off to you. What do you expect for this game against uh, South Korea for Brazil?
1: I had this one being very close. I mean, South Korea had played very well and it's, it's a, uh, it's surprising cause Min son has not been playing it that well either he's been on poor form for tottenham and he's just been a, it's a bit of a, a down year i mean after coming off a historic season it, by his standards it's hard to follow that one up uh with another another uh, uh, outstanding one but you know th- uh this that just shows the quality of the south korean side i mean they're just so well rounded in most facets of the game i mean they're they're well coached they're well set up defensively i think they're going to give brazil a real hard time and i have this one <sighs> I got this one 2-1. 2-1 for Brazil. And I think it's going to come down to uh, because it's going to probably start off with Brazil scoring one, South Korea getting a uh, a tying goal before half, and then it starts off that second half with uh with uh, Brazil getting the lead back again and holding it. Because I mean, this Brazil team still has a very good foundation. I mean, Casemiro's been playing well. You know, they, they still have Allison, they have, you know, Vinnie. Hopefully they get Neymar back and uh re- they still have you know very I mean there's through Brazil I mean this is what this is what they were picked to be the favorites and it's just the the quality is gonna be too much for South Korea it's gonna be close South korea is gonna you know they're gonna have a this is something that not to be disappointed of I mean you'd be losing to the favorites of this entire tournament yeah so I mean not really much you can you know look look down upon so I got I got uh Brazil getting by two one
0: obviously you know coming into the match uh, in my predictions i said that brazil would be able to get past you know south korea but i think south korea are going to be very very difficult to break down and that's so far from all of the brazil games i've seen they've struggled to break down teams and it's it's kind of you know head scratching in a way because you look at how dynamic this attack is you know you would think that they would be able to break down teams potentially better than any other team in the world cup because of how strong this attack is obviously they haven't had neymar except for the serbia game but if you want to just use the serbia game because that's the only game they've had neymar it took them till the 60th minute to get that goal you know and it was through visharlison and it was pretty much like a, a tap-in and then he was able to score the the world the you know potentially goal of the tournament yeah but they have not quite fired the way that i expected them to you know you know it took uh, a casemiro screamer you know to get uh, the win in the second match and then obviously you know cameroon even though it was the b team you know they were able to beat them So this Brazil
1: that that B team was that was very good. I mean, no, of
0: course. That's yeah, no, but but you know, it kind of shows the quality of Brazil that that's their B team, but uh that was still a very quality team, and that's that's kind of shows that their depth. And let's just say Neymar isn't able to go, you know, Martinelli is gonna have to snap in. And Martinelli he had a good game, but he lacked finishing, and that's my main thing with Brazil. They have not quite they've created a lot of chances, but they have not been very good at finishing them so far, and I think that kind of bodes well in South Korea's favor because. You know, the blueprint to succeed against Brazil is there now, you know, we've seen it used in this World Cup, you know, you're gonna have to play very defensive, and you're gonna just have to hope Brazil, you know, aren't clinical on the day and they have not shown the ability to be super clinical. And I expect it to kind of continue in this game. But with that being said, I don't know if South Korea is going to be able to create enough chances to win the game. I think that they're they can hold Brazil, they might be able to you know hold Brazil to maybe even one goal but are they going to be able to score a goal and win the game or, or equalize against Brazil? That's where it's going to be tough. You know, obviously they have a world world-class player in, in son, but then you look at the rest of this team, you know, they're, they're good players, but are they going to be able to be able to string together enough possession and string together enough passes in the final third to break down a Brazilian defense that is very, very strong, you know, in the, in the center, I would say, because you know, one main concern for brazil coming into the tournament was their fullbacks you know they 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 were not quite on par with the rest of the squad and coming into this match brazil uh, against cameroon alex tevez picked up a a a knock he's injured and i don't think he's Mm -hmm. gonna be able to play in in, it's it's like a calf strain i don't know if he's gonna be able to play against south korea alexandro the starter he's been injured with a muscle injury as well so i don't know who's playing left back for brazil They're They're literally, they're literally going to
1: play Danny Alves. Danny Alves is going to play.
0: Yeah. He's going to play. Play today. Exactly. But the problem is, uh, Danny Alves, he's not a left back anyway, but he, Danny Alves is going to have to play because Danilo, their right back is also injured.
1: That's all. Yeah. I'm not going to play play right
0: back. Danilo is injured at the right back. So Danny Alves is going to have to step in. And if you watch the Cameroon game, look, Danny Alves, arguably, arguably the greatest right back of all time. You could say but this guy is not it anymore. He was getting absolutely cooked. Toko Akambi from He's Cameroon, 40 years old. Toko Akambi was looking like prime Ronaldinho out there today. So, that is a concern because I think it's going to be Son versus Denny Alves.
1: Oh my god.
0: That is going to be a concern. That's not that is, that is South Korea's hope because this their their best player happens to play, you know, left wing and Denny Alves is going to be guarding Hyung-min Son, who hasn't had an amazing World Cup but he's on his day, he can be he can beat anybody. On his day, he can do it. You know, he's he's one of the best wingers in the world on his day. You know, you just Yeah, to, I
1: mean, just look at last season, how how he played, played last season. Told,
0: I think he was the, he won the golden boot in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I think he 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 tied. He tied
0: exactly. So, you know, on his day, he's a world beater. You know, so South Korea, they have a chance in this game you know, because of the injuries, you know, because Neymar might not be hundred percent fit because Brazil have not quite has been firing at the attacking, uh, end of the field. Like I expected them to, this is not going to be an easy game and you know, all that considered, I still have to back Brazil just because I think that their quality, even though they haven't been firing and I don't think that they're going to fire, you know, they're not just going to all of a sudden step onto the field and bang in five goals. You know, I don't see that happening. It's going to be very, very close. I expect them to win this game 2-1. I think it's going to be very tight. And you know, I think Son does get his goal, you know, because of the fact that he's going against Dani Alves. This, you know, Dani and, Alves. And and I don't know who's playing left back for Brazil genuinely. I don't. Both of their left backs are hurt. I don't know who's playing left back. Yeah, but, they
1: might they might just shove Militão there. I mean, out of position. I don't I really don't know what they're going to do
0: and that's play, you know, would, easy, would they play easy, a three easy. in the
1: back would they do that i don't know
0: Tite has his work i would out consider form.
1: it at this point i would, point, consider, I would consider uh yeah
0: but i don't know if they've ever really worked on that i don't know if they're you know obviously they still have yeah. more players but tactics are very important you know especially and you don't want to maybe go into a winner take all game against south korea who are look one of the things i'll say about south korea is that they they have chemistry together they are so strong as a unit if brazil come out and they play a new formation because they have to because of the injuries that is that to me, that seems like advantage South Korea because they're going to be playing same old South Korean style football, four, two, three, one, like they've been playing the whole tournament and they know what they're doing. They know what they're good at and they're going to stick to their guns. I don't know if I can say the same about Brazil because they're going to be swapping in, you know, rotational players. They got injuries. They're going to be playing a new formation. All of these things make me think that an upset might be on the cards here. It Like I, I would love to predict it. You know, part of me wants to because I'm kind of talking myself into it the more that I say it, but I still, you know, given the quality that's going to be on the pitch, and I'm going to assume Neymar is going to be able to play the full 90, you know, this game could end up going to extra time. It's going to be very, very tight, but like I said, Brazil 2-1 just because, you know, the quality that they're still going to have on the field, they still have some injuries, but look look at this squad. Look how good it is, the midfield, the attack, the defense. It's very strong. They have to find a way to win this game at the end of the day, if they i mean look south korea they're a very solid team but if brazil go out to south korea it's not going to be good for them it'd be be a failure it'd be a failure
1: absolutely i mean absolutely it's brazil
0: so you know it's not like like you know like you i like the the kind of percentage chance thing you were doing earlier if i had to put a percentage chance i'm gonna say 75 25 but i think you know 25
1: 75 i mean that's that's pretty that's pretty a big chunk for brazil
0: well, because at the end of the day, they're the favorites. They're Brazil, you know. But th- this could very easily, you know, look if if like I said, if if all of the things that I was saying weren't in place, it's probably kind of like a ninety ten. Like it's kind of a you know clear cut, cut and dry. But because you know Brazil aren't going to be firing the you know quite the way they you know want to. They got injuries. I give South Korea a twenty five to thirty percent chance of winning this game. And that's pretty. That's a pretty hefty chunk. You know, it's football. Anything can happen.
1: Yeah. I have to agree. Well, I mean, unless you had anything else to say on that game, I think we should move right into the next one. You know, what you said could be the game of this of this round, Morocco versus Spain. And, you know, I'll I'll pass it off to you since I brought up the question. What are you going to be? What's going to be your thoughts going into this game? What do you think is going to happen? Morocco versus Spain?
0: well like i said in my prediction you know when we did the full round of 16 i expect morocco to be able to sneak by and get a win here which would be obviously remarkable you know for morocco i don't i doubt they've ever made the quarterfinals i don't think they have in their history yeah, yeah. you know i could be wrong on that uh correct me if i am wrong in the comments you know i, I don't know but i don't think they have <laughs> so i think that you know morocco they're they're obviously firing on great form you know if, if you really think about it they they beat uh belgium 2-0 which you know even though belgium aren't you know on top of the world anymore they're still a quality team with quality players and they were able to beat canada and they were able to get a nil nil draw against croatia so they have a, a good attack you know i think that their their attack is gonna be able to pose problems for this spanish defense you know because hakeem Ziak is firing better than i've ever seen him for chelsea so far yeah you know, he's looking like well, yeah uh, i wish he
1: played like that for club
0: well i do well, well like you know, he doesn't quite get the chances for Chelsea, unfortunately, that I think he should. But that's neither here nor there. For for Morocco right now, he's turning back the clock to the IX ZX and he's turning into somebody who, who can wreck games, who can get everybody involved, who can play, you know, pings across the field, switch it. He can cross the ball amazingly. He's a set-piece uh, master, you know, you could say. And he's going to pose a lot of problems for the Spanish defense. And, you know, they have a lot of other quality players. You know, obviously, their defense is very strong. You know, Hakimi and and Mizraoui playing as the fullbacks, you know, they have very, very strong fullback play. And, you know, they have a a Premier League proven center back, you know, uh, Saiz, who played for Wolverhampton, and then Bunu, who plays a goalkeeper in La Liga. He's obviously a very solid goalkeeper. And, you know, my thing with Spain is, you know, they're they're solid. Obviously, they play the Spanish way. You know, they always, uh, Spain is always going to hold possession. You know, they're always going to be able to win that possession battle. But what are they going to do with the possession are they going to be able to create the the clear-cut chances in front of goal or are they just going to kind of pass it sideways and cross the ball in and hope and i think that's what it's going to be more of the latter you know spain is obviously going to win the possession battle here but is maratha going to be able to you know score that goal you know because who is scoring that goal for spain right now because you know their midfield trio you know. It's solid, but, you know, there's not really many goals coming from Pedri, Busquets, and Gavi, you know, so it's not really coming from the midfield. Pedri, he can get a goal. Gavi can get a goal, but I'm not going to the bank and betting my house.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and Iñaki Williams, or no, it's not even Iñaki Williams. It's Nico Williams, his brother. (laughs) Nico Williams. You know, is he going to, you know, I I don't quite bank him. Asensio, Ferran Torres, I don't know, man. They just don't quite have the attacking firepower for me. Fati is not quite firing like you would have hoped. You know, they just don't quite have the attacking firepower for me. You know, Danny Omo is a good player. But basically, they're kind of hoping Maratha can can score. If Maratha doesn't score, I don't know who's scoring for the Spanish national team. Yeah, And that's my thing with them. They are reliant on their goals to come from Maratha. And I just don't know if that's going to work. And, you know, their defense, look, uh, Pau Torres, he's, he's a quality center back. You know, but they have Rodri playing center back. Rodri playing yeah. center back.
1: Rodri playing center back.
0: And then, you know, they uh, asked picked up an injury. So I don't think he's going to be able to play. And, you know, they have uh, Balde who plays for Barcelona. He's a young up and rising left back. I think Jordi, Alba's was going to get back into that team. You know, it's it's very 50 50. This game is it's one of the, the games that coming into it. I don't think you can really predict because Spain, they haven't quite super looked convincing and Morocco have. But on paper, you know, Spain still have so many world class players, you would say. But given the fact that I think form is so important and momentum is so important, that's why I give the edge to uh, Morocco to be able to get this done because I think they're gonna have the best player on the field. And and right now on form, Hakim Ziyech is the best player on the field. And then they have a very solid defense. And I think anytime you have the best player on the field, you have a chance to go win that game. And I think it's gonna be very close. I think this game will go to extra time. In my opinion, it's gonna be like 1-1 go to extra time. And I, I honestly, I think Morocco are probably going to win this on pens.
1: Okay, okay. That's fair. I, I had a, I had the same outcome as you, but just a little bit of a different way of getting there. I think uh, Morocco has just been on, on a, a high, you know, coming off uh, winning their group that no one really expected them to even make it out of, let alone win it. And Spain has looked lackluster. I mean, they, they haven't looked like the Spain that we expected, maybe. We looked at... Uh, at the seam, it's a, a little bit more young in the midfield. We thought it'd be a more vibrant attack, and that's not what we've seen. I mean, <clears throat> Ansu Fati, Ferran Torres, you know, even Marco Asensio. People, we thought that we maybe see a little bit of flair in the attack. Haven't been able to bring that for this Spanish side. Yeah, not and <clears throat> even even with uh, Pedri and um, uh, Gavi, the midfield hasn't looked as dominant as we would expect it to be, and. uh Going running up against a fire hot Morocco side, I think they're just gonna. They're both heading in the opposite directions. I think Spain started out high and then started to sleep creep down in form, and Morocco's only been coming up in form. So mm-hmm. I got Morocco winning this uh that winning this match two one as well as mm-hmm. uh the, I think I picked it uh the same way for opposite for Brazil uh, the two one, but um, you know I think they're gonna be able to hang in there spain's gonna be able to hang in there for the full 90. i mean they 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 can they're a competent side but they're just lacking the finishing they just don't have that that finished product i mean this is this has been a problem for spain for almost forever so i mean since like yeah since the david villa days man like it's it's been tough i mean there hasn't been a lot of like really life-changing strikers i mean what uh for uh, torres maybe but like even but they're around the same time, via, the same time. So, yeah and ever since then they just haven't really been able to get those wingers those true wingers they've been been able to produce so many midfielders i don't get it it's like they, they just have a factory of midfielders they can always yeah. spring them out pop them out but when it comes to attacking side like wingers and strikers spain's always been lacking that and um i mean this year is no different so i mean that's going to play into the fact that I think Morocco are just they're going to have the best player they're going to have uh Hakim Ziyech who's been in crazy form and I think he's going to be enough to lead this team into the next round
0: yeah obviously I I agree with that I think Ziyech is going to have like he's going to have to have a good game and I think he will because he's playing like like uh a man possessed for his country right now and, and you have to tip your cap and hopefully as a chelsea fan hopefully he can keep this form going when he comes back you know because God, Chelsea, <laughs> chelsea we need something bro. hopefully zia can keep need this something going. yeah but if uh unless you have anything else to add i think it'd be a, a good segue to move on to the final game of that we're going to preview here and one of the few games that we actually disagreed on you know in our in our predictions you know we disagreed on how this game was going to go and i can totally see why well let me introduce the game japan versus croatia Uh, it's going to be a very interesting game and i can see why you picked japan and i want to get a little bit more in depth of it so i want to hear you obviously are backing japan let me hear your thoughts and expectations coming into this game
1: i think it mostly has to come down to who's who's has the most form right now and croatia have, have played well i mean they they've been no slouch at all but they are not the team that they were last world cup and a lot of their best players are highly on the back end of their careers. And I just don't think they have the engines to keep up with a Japan. I think Japan have came in and they shocked a lot of people about how they played and how high intense football they like to play. And that the fact that they're never out of it, that they can go 1-0 down and they still know that whatever, whatever happens, we can pull this out. I mean, they, they went down to Germany and Spain. I mean, Germany and Spain led in both the games that Japan won that just shows yep. the mentality that that's being instilled into this team that it's never over and that's when you see that i always take a dog and that's what these what this japan team is they don't quit and they 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 really believe this team really believes that they could be anybody mm-hmm. they could beat croatia and they're going to go out there and they're going to do whatever they can to beat croatia i think they're going to uh outplay them in a lot of in a lot of the out out of this game. I mean, they're going to be more electric on defense because they're set up well defensively. And um, attacking-wise, they're always able to, to just put themselves in the right positions to strike. I mean, they can catch you on a counter. I mean, they can they can somewhat break you down. And I don't know if Croatia can break down this uh, this Japanese defense. And I mean, Modric is going to have his hands full to, to try and keep up with these these Japanese players. I mean, you know maybe modric of 10 years ago could like maybe keep up with some of these players but (laughs) they're just they're always running these guys don't stop so i got japan winning this game i would say i think i got them winning one nil
0: wow i could see that it it, obviously i think this is going to be a very close game a very intense game um obviously i backed croatia to win this game part of the reason so is because i think you know they still have that pedigree coming from last world cup they they know how to win in the knockout stages but uh obviously you know you you mentioned that this japanese defense is very strong and i 100 agree i think that this is going to be a very close game and, and it's going to be low scoring because both of these defenses are very strong croatia have if one of if not uh one of the best center backs in the tournament right now uh gavardio i don't know exactly how to say his name right josh <laughs> Josko guardiol but from from leipzig and we knew that he was a very up and coming young talent coming into the tournament and he has done nothing but increase that price tag and i think chelsea are looking to sign him a lot of other clubs are as well based on how good he's been playing i think he was uh, he was man of the match against belgium you know as a center back because that ended up nil nil but belgium the only goal not belgium uh, croatia the only goal they conceded was the first minute one that kind of came out of nowhere against canada They held Morocco to a nil-nil, and also they were nil-nil against Belgium. So their defense is obviously very strong. I could anticipate it being similar like that against Japan. I think it's going to be both sides very defensive. And I think that kind of you know is what both teams are expecting. I could see this game going to extra time very easily. I don't see many goals in it. And I just kind of back Croatia. I think they're going to have a little bit more of the possession. They're going to hold the ball a little bit more. And... You know, Kramaric has had a great tournament, in my opinion. He's been kind of the main talisman for this Croatian attack that isn't quite, you know, that good by any stretch. They have Perisic, who he's kind of, you know, he's not washed, but he's on the back end. Kramaric, who, you know, he's been the talisman for me. And then Marco Livaja, you know, I, I don't quite, yeah, I don't know any from the Croatian league. I'm not quite backing him, to be honest. You know, so all things considered, it's, I don't, know if this Croatian attack is gonna be able to you know light up this japanese team but you predicted a one nil win for japan i kind of expect it to be the exact same but the opposite i would expect a a one nil croatia win i don't know if this japanese attack will be able to score on this croatian defense which for me this croatian team is priding itself on its defense and it's looking like a complete brick wall you can't really get by it and i don't know if if japan are going to be able to you know score that goal you know and it, but the thing is if japan come into this match and they score first they score early they they just score it all they score that first goal it's going to be tough i think for croatia i think this uh, the first goal in this match I, there might only be one goal in the match you know yeah. like look predicted but whoever does score the first goal i think is going to have a huge huge advantage and obviously that's kind of a you know it, not it, it's not even a take per se because obviously you could say whoever scores is <laughs> always going to have an advantage but in this particular match, when I think both defenses are so strong and tough to break down, it, if somebody is able to get the first goal and get it kind of quickly, it's going to shift to this match and it's going to change the way it's played. And I back Croatia with their pedigree, led by Luka Modric. This midfield is so good. Modric, Brozovic, Kovacic, I expect them to be able to control the game. And you know, just Japanese midfield and the rest of this team might kind of run laps around them. But when in possession, Croatia, I think they're going to have the better of the possession. I think, obviously, the better of the chances because of this possession. And I back them to find a way to get the ball in the back of the net at some point and get the win. And then I back this defense to continue on the form that they've been on, led by Gavardiol, and ultimately, you know, push them forward to the next round. Probably going to play Brazil, but South Korea, like we said, they are going to be a tough test. Mm Mm-hmm whoever comes out of this game you know they have another tough game coming their way
1: yeah absolutely i have to agree i mean i can't can't really wait i mean they're they're not the, the games are not too far from now i mean from the time we're recording this they're they're only a couple hours away and it's gonna power. be yeah it's gonna be very interesting and uh you know i'm gonna see if our predictions you know uh hold, hold up
0: yeah i mean to be honest, you know, we we you know in a way, um we're both kind of rooting for the same teams, obviously, because you know, we have the same final, you know. Yeah. So if Portugal go out earlier, Argentina get knocked out to Australia. that's not good. Back, yeah, that's not good. Mud, it's absolutely mudded if that does happen. Uh obviously, I doubt that will happen, but you know, it's football at the end of the day. And it's one of those things. You know, I don't think. Obviously, neither of us necessarily predicted. You could say Spain going out is a big team, big big surprise per se, but yeah, in knockout, like like there's going to be a big upset, like a big upset. There, and, there, there has to be, yeah. And, it's, and that's what it's so hard to predict. And obviously, I don't know who it's going to be. If I had to honestly, honestly, and, and I kind of hinted at this, and I just want to say this: if I had to put money on an upset, I think Brazil might go out. I kind of said it I I picked Brazil to win but if I had but the-
1: you, you you only gave like seven 70 like 70 splits man I mean that wasn't a very big you're because you were like oh I'm almost convincing myself into it but you didn't get very big of a split and I mean I no, gave it you know 25
0: 30
1: that's the 25 30 I gave a good like 40 shot you know 35 40. I mean I really think that it's going to be very close I mean I mean I mean shit. Brazil could go in there and just absolutely thrash them. And then okay. we, we just okay. look like a little like yeah. Muppets right now talking about this. But look, I'm going to be the guy that if it if it does become a really close game and it does come down to the wire, I'm going to raise my hand and say, hey, I, I thought that. I thought that was going to well, be that. I'm not going to you, 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 know. you
0: best believe, Uh, maybe not in the next episode, but maybe I, like, I don't know how we're going to do schedule the episodes here with the, uh, these knockout stages because we, we, we want to be covering. Pretty much all of these games and, and talking about our yeah. thoughts because they're going to be you know the biggest matches and these are going to be such high intensity close games that we want to talk about these are all big teams you know so these, these are the best teams in the world at the end of the day uh, they all deserve to be talked about and get their praise if you know if warranted but whenever this brazil match does take place you best believe if it's a closed game or if south korea shocked the world and make it happen you best believe <laughs> i'm going to insert a clip of us predicting it in a in a sense. You know, we didn't fully predict Innocent. it, but but we kind of we said it. We knew I we we both knew it was going to be closed, you know. But yeah, if uh Brazil, you know, they, they come out and they absolutely spank them 4-0, I'm not including that clip. We're, you know, we're, it, we're it, burying it was, a clip. We'll, we'll just forget that Oh, well, Hopefully everyone just forgets it happened, you know?
1: Forget that happened
0: But obviously it's gonna be very interesting to see how these knockout games play out. Obviously uh at the time of recording, you know, it's right before the Netherlands, USA, and Argentina-Australia match takes place. We'll probably be dropping another episode uh, relatively soon in the next couple of days to talk about these first couple of matches that are taking place. Um, You know, we'll see what happens. But if you don't have anything else to say about uh, that, we can go ahead and wrap this one up.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, other than the fact that, uh, you know, we'll probably try and record. I mean, today we're recording on a Friday. We'll try and record Sunday. And uh, that will probably be it for until you know, until possibly I think next Tuesday we are taking that vacation. But that that does not mean we'll stop content. We'll still be pushing out our reactions, you know, in, in short little instances on our social media. So that's why it's important that you guys get down in the description, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok. Get all those so you can just stay connected, stay into the you know keep the discussion. We want we want to see your guys' reactions to our reactions
0: to what we were predicting, you know? Yeah, exactly. So Uh, check us out on those social media platforms. Hit the subscribe button. You know, we've got the banner taken across here to subscribe. You know, subscribe if you haven't already so that you can see, you know, some of these takes that we're going to give in our initial reaction to some of these games because we're going to be uploading YouTube shorts and we're going to be uploading probably some um, mini videos talking about, you know, some of these games. So stay tuned for that. Um, If you got anything else to say before we wrap this one up
1: i got one last thing because we're probably not going to be able to get to talk about it because we are going on vacation when it's happening i'm wearing this shirt my boy Delfimo lopez is fighting december 10th against sandro martin back home back in new york i i'm buzzing for this this is literally the only pay-per-view i'm gonna buy this entire year i don't i hate buying pay-per-views but it's, <laughs> You're for, buying my, it? it's for my boy you gotta it's, buy for, it for it's for the takeover it's for the takeover and if you see if, if you're, you're seeing bet, this,
0: we're trying to get you on for the interview
1: if you're if this is a if i'm a betting man i'm betting a uh knockout round five you know this is a world title world title elimination fight so when he wins this he's going to be in the in the shot for world title already so you know already already going back to the top no surprise never left that's the only thing i want to say i want to give him a shout out because we're not going to really get much of a chance to talk about it but yeah, you know I'm gonna be buzzing December 10th.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh you know to be quite honest, you know <laughs> we follow him on the social media platform. Some of the things that he does is, is remarkable. I, I back him as well. I mean, yeah, shoot a straight
1: serious. boys, gotta gotta back up, gotta back him up.
0: Yeah, we, we, we you know eventually you know hopefully one day you know we get him on here for this interview. You know we've been uh <laughs> trying to make that happen. You know, hey, yo, we need you. But yeah,
1: I'll I'll gotta give a shout out to Chino as well for getting me this shirt. This shirt's fucking dope as fuck is he going to the fight uh I don't I don't think so I, I, don't, damn, think man, damn. I don't I don't think he ain't so. going to New York dude uh I mean his schedules I mean we 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 have normal working schedules you know not all of us can be world champion boxers and shit but you know we'll we'll be we'll be here holding it down in Florida I mean oh my god we've we've literally been begging Taylor to come fight in Miami we want him to come back to his second home I mean he's he's a he's a New York man but Mike, got, got to show Miami some love. We want to see, but I think he's saving a big fight for Miami. I think that's what he, he's saving a big headliner, but you know, with, with Tank and Ryan Garcia and you know, I saw a bit of chirping on, on Twitter from um Devin Haney. Devin Haney was uh, throwing a little shots. Look, listen, Devin Haney doesn't want none of this. Look, these guys the, the, uh, we're almost going off in the box thing, but I, I, I just, I just have to get this off my chest. These guys are literally, you know, all they, i know how to do is chirp on Twitter, man. Like, I just want to see one of these guys fight, fight Lomachenko. I want to see them fight Lomachenko. Like Devin Haney's been talking about, you know, uh, uh, like Tails lost to cambozos like everything in the world was against Tails in that fight. I mean, he basically almost died going to that fight, but yeah, to hold that really against them is kind of like a head scratcher, like look Devin Haney fight Lomachenko so we can see if you you beat Lomachenko pretty well then yeah we will give you some praise but really realistically he's looked mediocre against what Cambozo's like I mean come on man I I'm not gonna give him too much credit until he starts to fight these these top guys we want to see him fight tail we want to see him fight Tank and we want to see him fight Ryan Garcia but that wraps it up for my boxing spiel (laughs) you know my 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 little debacle with boxing but December 10th gotta stay tuned always a show always a show when tail's fighting
0: yeah we'll probably be talking you know for example you know this when as soon as this uh ryan garcia tank davis fight you know, continues to ramp up and get closer we're definitely going to be talking about that and and, and hopefully yeah. we'll be able to talk about tail's fight you know once it happens in some capacity because you know it's, it's blockbuster we got to see it you know where it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out but now that that spiel is all over you know you ready to fully wrap <laughs> this one up
1: yep uh that's all i had to get off my chest
0: so we appreciate the continued support uh this is episode 32 We continue to grind out some more episodes and then obviously we go on vacation so maybe a little bit of a break per se but you know the content is going to still be pumped out regardless it's just not going to be a new episode for that little you know five days yeah, really yeah that
1: five day span
0: but uh with all that being said we appreciate the continued support this was episode 32 of the shooter straight podcast it'll be interesting to see how all these world cup games finish out here but I'm your co-host Zach I'm your and we're going to be watching the world cup in a couple hours here we'll see y'all peace